When I was growing up, one of the main TV networks, I think it was NBC, had a summer campaign called It's New to You. This was back in the days when new TV shows were basically only released during the school season, and they were released one at a time, and you could only watch them live. The horror. But those new to you shows were always worth watching, even if I had seen them before. This season, I'm re-releasing nine meaningful episodes of the nearly 150 in the Graced Health podcast library. Perhaps you miss them and they're new to you, or perhaps you might find they reach you now in a different way that they did when they were initially uh, put out there. You'll still get the new shorter Ask the Trainer episodes, so keep tuning in on Thursdays and enjoy this one. there. I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate in the process. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. I have to tell you, I have really been debating about what I wanted the first episode of the first season of Graced Health to be. And I've kind of gone all over the place, but I think I have landed here, which is today's topic. And that is four things that you should be focusing on in your 40s or as you're getting older. And this is regards to fitness. Obviously, we're all a work in progress, but I'm really going to hone in on the fitness aspect. Now, I have to tell you, I am not trying to add to your plate. The last thing you need is for someone to come in and saying, well, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that and you should be doing this. So that is really not the intent. My hope is today's discussion can give you some applicable tools and content that you can incorporate into your day-to-day life. One of the other reasons I am talking about this is I feel like if we're talking about taking care of ourselves and aging our bodies well, then it really does behoove us to have a broader and more long-term scope. The first time I ever even thought about my body in relation to the future was probably, I was probably around 27 or 28 years old. And I was taking a boxing class at the YMCA with this amateur boxer. And it was such a fun class. I loved it so much. And we would do ab work at the end. And I remember at the end of the class, he had us lay down and he got medicine balls and he said, okay, drop the medicine ball on your abs and contract your abs and then do it again. And so I was doing it. I did about three times. And then I thought, you know, we are trying to have a baby right now. I don't think this is really the best thing for me. And it was the first time that I really thought about the consequence of my movement and how it might relate to my future. Now, I am not 27 years old, and I'm certainly not wanting to get pregnant, but I do want to feel good in the future. I want to be able to walk to the bathroom in the middle of the night without hobbling because my back hurts or my feet hurt. And This is something I've had recently, and I've had to kind of work through that and help heal my body. I've written before on my blog about just the dream to be able to sit cross-legged on the floor with my grandkids and play Legos or whatever it is girls play with. I'm sorry, I don't know. I only had boys. (laughs) 
(laughs) Or maybe one of my sons lands in the Rocky Mountains and I can go hiking with them as young adults all throughout the mountains. I would love this. I would love to get out of the Houston heat. But I think in order to be able to do this in the future, I have to train for that now. And I'm not talking about super hard training in the gym. I'm talking about training my body. So today I want to focus on four things to do now to set yourself up well for your goals in the future. The first one is balance. Having good dynamic balance can help improve your coordination and um, help your ability to react to sudden changes of direction. Uh, Both of these will help reduce your risk of an accidental fall. Life happens. We trip over, I trip over my dog bones. I used to trip over Legos. We had a lot of Legos in my house. And being able to react quickly can really help us prevent injury in the future. Practicing balance exercises can also help strengthen and tone the obliques and what's known as the hip musculature, which is the muscles of your hips, your thighs, your core, your glutes, your low back. These muscles connect your hips to your pelvis and your pelvis to your spine. So increasing the strength of those can help improve your balance and coordination. And then don't forget that your body ages on the inside. You know, it's really easy right now for me to look in the mirror and see the 11s between my eyes and the gray hairs poking out and all of these outward signs of aging. But we also are aging on the inside. Our sensory neurons are shortening as we get older. Those sensory neurons communicate what's happening to us in our environment, and we react to that. So adding balance will help strengthen all of those smaller muscles. So the sensory neurons may not be moving as fast, but our muscles know exactly what to do. How can you incorporate these throughout your day? Now, I do want to let you know, I've made a YouTube video about this. So you can check that out. I'll have the link in the show notes. Or if you got my email this morning, it'll be on that. So here's a really simple one. When you're brushing your teeth, lift one foot up, and stand on one foot. Now make sure that you're alternating so you're not really balanced on your left side and not on your right or vice versa. You can also do the same thing while you're talking on the phone. One fun thing I like to do is when I'm loading the dishwasher, I will now granted this gets a little off balance because the dishwasher is always on my right side, but I'll kind of balance on my right side and, and lean over as I take that leg up and just hold it there and then bring it back. This is sounding ridiculous. I know I don't do it that often, but that's a really great way to add some balance into your day. Here's another thing to do when you're just standing around. Maybe you're just talking on the phone. Elevate yourself up onto your toes. So just lift up on your your tiptoes and rock back and forth. So you're shifting your weight from one side to another. And then as you feel a little more comfortable with that, lift one foot as you shift to the side, stay on your toes the whole time. And you're going to find that that's actually a lot more challenging than you think it is. Now, those are ways to incorporate in your day. What about adding it to the workouts that you might already be doing? Balance on one leg when you're doing basic movements like bicep curls or overhead presses. Uh, You can also make these more challenging by adding just doing it with a single arm rather than both arms. So you know, if you think about it, when you do both arms, you're going to be a little bit more balanced. If you take one, then your muscles all of a sudden have to work to keep your body upright while it's pressing a weight up or while it's curling up a bicep curl. The next step up from 
just doing it on the ground is a foam pad. So this is just something that's a little unstable. Maybe it's unstable. I never know grammatically, which is right. But it's going to take your balance and shift it around a little bit. So that's going to challenge you a little bit more. But I, I don't recommend doing that until you're really comfortable with doing this on the floor. And then also take your exercises on your lower body and make those single legs. So you can do like a reverse lunge. And then instead of just bringing your foot back in line with your front foot, bring it up for a balance. Or maybe if you're wanting to focus on your upper body and strengthen and balancing that a little bit more, you can do some alternating T-stands. The second thing to focus on as we age is strength training. And I know, I know you probably hear this all the time, and I'm sorry to say it again, but it's because it's true. And it really is something that we need to be doing. There's a term called sarcopenia, which is the age-related loss of skeletal muscle mass. It really kicks in around your mid-30s. And get this, we will start to lose 10% of muscle mass per decade. That is some serious muscle mass that we're losing. Now there are so many benefits to strength training. It improves your resting metabolic rate, which is the rate you burn calories at rest. I will talk about this a lot in the next episode when I talk about calorie burn. But um, strength training really does help with that. If you are susceptible to type two diabetes, it really helps with your glucose tolerance. Another benefit to strength training that I probably don't need to say because it's pretty obvious is it increases your muscle mass. It makes you stronger. Look, life takes strength. I mean, that could probably be said in a lot of different realms, but right now I'm just focusing on it from the fitness perspective. If you go to Costco and get some bottles, uh, that big package of bottled water, that is is not light. And that takes a lot of strength. You know, we do a lot of things throughout our day throughout our week that require us to lift the heavy things. And so this is one more reason to continue strength training. Another benefit of strength training is it reduces the risk of osteoporosis. Women's bones are smaller and thinner to begin with. And then after menopause, which I'm not there yet, but I'm looking at it, I'm knocking on the door. But After that, we don't have as much estrogen, which helps protects our bones. So strength training and that weight bearing exercise is going to help strengthen our bones um, as well. Now, I do want to note, don't not strength train because you don't want to bulk up. And I do hear this every now and then like, oh, I don't want to bulk up. Women simply don't have the hormones to encourage significant hypertrophy, which is basically just adding muscle mass. It doesn't mean that you can't achieve it. It just means that you have to work really, really hard in the gym and be very disciplined in the kitchen to achieve that. So if you're looking at someone and think, Oh, man, I don't want to be that bulky. I mean, I hope it's not I hope this doesn't bother you. But you probably won't be unless you work really, really hard at that. But gaining strength does have so much value. And I will say too, if you're not used to it, and if you're brand new to strength training, it may be worth the investment of just a few times with a personal trainer to help show you proper form. Proper form is key in preventing injury and in training your muscles the right way so they don't start training your body the wrong way. 
The third area to be focusing on as you get older are what I call the mini muscles. These are the smaller muscles in your hip musculature. I talked about them a little bit in the balance. So most of us are familiar with our gluteus maximus, otherwise known as the glutes. These are This is probably the muscle you think of when you think of your butt. But in all actuality, if I counted right when I did my research, we have 19 muscles in our hip musculature. So if you were to take your hands and go from the, the back of your butt and go around, you've got 19 muscles in that area. These muscles help control your leg movements as they relate to your hips. And if you think about all the ways your legs can move, this is probably one reason why we have 19 muscles on this. When I taught traditional group fit classes, I became known as the leg lady, not because the look of my legs was anything special, but because my students cursed my name the next day when they sat on the toilet. We in my classes, we would do squats and lunges, and then we would do lunges and squats, and then we knocked out a few more. All those squats and lunges are great for the quads, which is the front of your thighs and the hamstrings, which is the back of your legs and your gluteus maximus, the beefiest portion of your derriere, but they don't engage the rest of those 19 muscles around your hip musculature. So I want to give you a little bit of a visual and I don't know if this makes sense. We're kind of music people in my house, particularly my husband and my youngest son. So think of your mini muscles kind of like the sound technician at a concert. The big sexy stingers are on stage, right? So your big sexy muscles are out there. So your big sexy singers are on stage and they're dancing and they're rocking and they're getting all the glory and everybody loves pink and everybody loves Imagine Dragons or whatever it is that you're listening to. And the sound tech sits in the dark with his or her mixing board and equipment Now, as an audience participant, we may not even think about the sound technician. It's just working. We can hear them. It's all fine. But if the microphone goes out or if the music isn't transmitted properly to the speakers, then we're very well aware of the problem. Our mini muscles are like this as well. The mini muscles are the sound technician and things can go wrong if we don't pay attention to them. When one becomes significantly stronger than the other, so like in my case, I've had really big muscular glutes, but I haven't always focused on the smaller muscles like my gluteus minimus and my gluteus medius, that causes injury. The good news is when you strengthen your mini muscles, your big sexy muscles work better. They can get stronger because they're not overcompensating for the weaker supporting ones. And most importantly, they can create a more balanced state in which your entire body can function. So let's talk about how to incorporate this and how to strengthen them. There's a couple different ways. I know Bar classes are huge right now, and these are fantastic for strengthening those mini muscles and muscle endurance in your hip musculature area. I'm a big fan of Pilates reformer classes. I currently attend Club Pilates, and there's a review I did on my blog. I'll include that in the show notes, but that's another great way to do it. Now, if you are not wanting to participate in any classes, then use your mini muscles as a part of your warm up for particularly on your leg days, or if you're running, you can do things like 
loop walks and clamshells and depending on what you call them, either doggy lifts or fire hydrants. I also wrote an article on mini muscles that I will put in the show notes that demonstrates how to do all of these. So make sure you check that out. And the final thing to be focusing on, I mean, obviously, there's more than this, but I couldn't give you a whole lot. So we're just doing four. The final one is recovery. Now, if you're like me, recovery is something that's hard to admit that your body needs. I still think I'm somewhat invincible sometimes, and then my body proves otherwise. Now, the reason recovery is important is because your muscles become stronger after your training. They aren't getting stronger while you're training. So you have to set up everything so that way they can respond in the way you want them to in order so that way they can grow bigger. You also need to repair the cells from damage that naturally occurs during workouts and particularly intense workouts. If you do a lot of HIT, if you do Orange Theory theory classes, then allowing your body recovery is uh, important for this. You also don't want to come down with something called overtraining syndrome, which is basically when you exercise excessively without proper rest and recovery, then there are harmful side effects. So some of these side effects include fatigue, altered hormonal states, poor sleeping patterns, reproductive disorders, decreased immunity, loss of appetite, never had that one, and mood disturbances. I have had that one. There's a guy I follow, his name is Pete McCall, and he has a really great work. He has a really great podcast called All About Fitness. And He wrote a book called Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. And he says it this way, tomorrow's workout begins at the end of today's workout. I think that's so brilliant. Like we have to start planning for our next workout when we finish the other, including that recovery. Hydration, nutrition, and sleep all play a critical role in that post-workout recovery process. So what can recovery look like? Well, that can be that can mean stretching, making sure that you are lengthening those muscles that you were just flexing when you were working them. That can include self myofascial release. Uh, some people know this as foam rolling. There's a whole lot of different ways to approach it. But I did do a YouTube video on this. I'll include that link in the show notes. Yoga is a great recovery day workout that you can just use as something where you're moving your body, you're getting your head in the right place, but you're also allowing your body to recover some. Sleep is a huge one. I was a subscriber of Runner's World for years. And every now and then they would have these features on professional athletes and particularly professional runners. And without a doubt, they would have their daily routine be basically wake up, eat, train, sleep, eat, train, sleep. I mean, it was like they would take naps in the middle of the day. And some of them would get like up to 12 hours of sleep a night because they needed that for recovery. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a professional athlete. But I have noticed that I really need to make sure that I have plenty of sleep in order for my muscles and for my body to recover about this. And I did not do a YouTube video on this, because I figured that might be a little boring, and also a little creepy. (laughs) And then finally, leisurely walking or bicycle riding or just kind of moving around, flushing out any lactic acid you may have from a heavy workout. 
I like to leisurely walk with my dog, Grace, I'll take her on a walk and I will let her just kind of sniff and pee and then sniff and pee and repeating all of that till I get really tired of it. And I make it just keep going. But think about the pace that you would go if you were walking through the mall. Not that I ever go to a mall. Thank you, Amazon. But when we used to kind of walk through the mall and just kind of stroll and uh, just take our time, that's the kind of pace that we're talking about with that leisurely walking. Or for me, a leisurely bicycle ride would be the, the pace at which I went when my kids were like, four and six, and we weren't going very fast. And they were for them. But you know, it was just kind of moving along. Okay, so to recap, four things to be working on in your 40s to set yourself up for success in whatever it is that you want to be doing now and later are balance. And I gave you some of those balance exercises to do in your day as you go about your day, strength training, your mini muscles. Like I said, I like to use some of those mini muscle exercises as a warm up, and then I'm killing two birds with one stone. And then of course, your recovery. So I hope those help you incorporate some of that into your day. Also, make sure you check out the resources tab over at gracedhealth.com. That's gracedhealth.com slash resources. Whether you're looking for support in your food, your faith, or your fitness, I have you covered. I have all kinds of goodies over there waiting for you. Okay, that's it for today. See you next time. Until then, go out there and have a great day. Mm-hmm.